an absolute quandary of a mind-bender is the grasshopper. Maybe not the grasshopper itself, but the doctrine of consuming them. This was an element of survival foraging that I had been wishing to try after studying how easy the task is. Why it is no big deal to eat grasshoppers on the property, but not feel positive about eating larger animals is beyond me. The act is quite the same thing, so why did it not trouble me, whereas hunting the squirrel did? My apologies. Grasshoppers bring out my philosophical side. If only that were true. That'd be a hell of a come-on line at the bar. Two lines that command a damsel's regard. Hey, sugar! And grasshoppers make me philosophical. Do try it. I frequented a field on the northern face of the tracks. I named the clearing Saltemantes Field, grasshopper field in Spanglish, where, on sunny days above 40 degrees, the grasses came to life by a bounty of bugs, many of which were grasshoppers. The field had no canopy from trees or brush, so the sun could shine down at full force. On those sunny days, the floor seemed ten degrees warmer than other locations, and the spot became a favorite to bask when the conditions were right. Laying back to do some cloud-watching proved the preferred operation, but not this time. This time, I had an empty stomach. This time, I would betray the trust that my hemimetabolous friends had galvanized, this time, mighty Godzilla roved the fields of terror in search of meals. Terror pounced upon that bustling metropolis of a field of grasshoppers, while they jumped in all directions to evade capture. The pickings were easy, and they were unable to scream, luckily. Their futile attempts of fighting back in giant swarms to gouge out my eyes were quickly stifled. I may have beaten my chest a few times with a harrowing roar to incite panic, but no fire would pour out from my mouth. By removing their heads, most of the guts come with it. Sadly, the reflexive bodies did not stop moving around, so the satchel had to remain closed or headless escapes would be attempted. Gruesome, but no nymphy were harmed in the hunt. Only grasshoppers after their fifth molt, with a maximum year of life remaining, anyway, Close to thirty or forty were snatched in a very short slice of time. Hopefully, you're not a grasshopper reading this with a clear ancestry tree, a willing legal team, and a sixty minutes crew on standby. In the unfortunate event that happens, I gave full disclosure that some events of this memoir were vastly exaggerated, so by no means is this a confession. I have a rock salad alibi written in Big Sky in a big city that puts me in whitefish, posing for ridiculous Halloween pictures at the time of the infraction. What an awkward courtroom scenario indeed. I walked back to my primitive camp close by and started a fire. A perfectly flat rock would offer an ideal surface for grilling grasshoppers. The idea is, prop the rock up over the fire, and it becomes a Bigfoot barbecue. There are mixed theories about whether Bigfoot uses fire. Probably not. Once the structure is adequately heated, the grasshoppers are thrown onto the makeshift skillet until they are thoroughly cooked. Such as the case of the squirrel roast or most wild meats, the heat is needed to kill off parasites. From there they are ready to be consumed by popping them in the mouth like pumpkin seeds. The taste was mostly char, but in a survival situation, this would be an excellent tool in the tool bag. Apparently, they are nutritious. Having no USDA guidelines written on their exoskeletons, I exercised faith in the survivor dude's bold claims. <laughs>